0: This is Optimal Living Daily Relationships, Episode 19 Why I Encourage My Kids to Tell Me No. Raising Autonomous Children, Part One by Bridget McNamara with FamilyOptimized.com. And I'm your host, Joss Marie. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of the podcast where I read to you every weekday to help you optimize your relationships. I'm back today with a post from Family Optimized and it's about twice as long as a normal article that I narrate, so I'm breaking it up into two posts. I'll read the first half today and then finish it up for you tomorrow. But before we get into it, we're halfway through the month already, and that means we're getting close to another book giveaway to a random person on our mailing list. To be entered into the raffle, make sure you're subscribed to our weekly newsletter at oldpodcast.com. But for now… Let's hear a post from Family Optimized as we optimize your life. Why I Encourage My Kids to Tell Me No Raising Autonomous Children, Part 1 By Bridget McNamara with FamilyOptimized.com Why is autonomy an important consideration when raising children? Not only does it lend to independence in the child taking care of themselves, but it also serves them quite well in adolescence, their teenage years, and into adulthood. A child who has developed a strong sense of self will be less likely to blindly follow their peers into morally questionable behavior. By definition, autonomy is behaving and thinking independently from others. Your child being allowed and encouraged to behave and think independently from you is excellent practice for their future. If they can say no to you and assert their individuality, they will be able to later say no to their peers. While having your young child be a people pleaser may seem like a parent's dream, it doesn't serve them well as a teenager or adult. When I was raising and caring for young children, I was told to give the children choices, and the example was always something like offering them a red cup or a blue cup. They wanted to drink out of a bowl like a dog. Do you want the purple pants or the yellow pants? They want the Spider-Man costume. Do you want to eat now or miss lunch today? Not a choice at all. It was essentially giving the child two choices that ultimately serve the purpose of appeasing the adult. Like most things I've learned about caring for children, I learned from the children themselves that these aren't actually choices. This is a technique for adults to gain compliance from children by creating the illusion that they are in control of a situation. This choice is A, what the adult wants, or B, what the adult wants in a different way. I know you have heard or said this one. You can either do what I'm telling you to do, or I will help you, which is frankly a veiled threat. More often than not, if I have to help you, you aren't going to like it because I'm pissed off now, but still, technically following the rules of gentle parenting. Another veiled threat of a choice is something like, you can clean your room right now, or you can miss playing at the park this afternoon. In this way, the adult in the situation has worded the choice carefully so that it appears the child actually chose not to go to the park to play, when the reality is that the clean room and the park have nothing to do with each other. Now, if it was a flat tire that needed to be changed to get to the park, that would be a real choice. The first option is actually a manipulation of facts and erodes the trust between the child and the parent. Children do figure this out very quickly. What is the true goal? The true goal is to nurture a child's cognitive and moral development, to build their self-esteem, not with praise, but with the inner satisfaction one gains from doing and being themselves. A child cannot develop their inner voice if your voice is the only one they hear. Do not confuse autonomy with permissiveness. Autonomy for children is mostly about setting up the environment so that they may have a sense of decision-making and control over their own body, belonging, and self-care. I slowly came to the realization that these pseudo-choices were not encouraging nor fostering authentic autonomy. Teaching children that they own themselves and encouraging independence doesn't look like two arbitrary choices dangled in front of them. It began to look different in my house. It came in the form of handing a dirty-faced child a hand mirror and warm cloth while pointing out that their face is dirty as opposed to swooping in and accosting them with a cloth over their face. Similarly, it came in the form of a mirror and a brush for messy heads. It came in the form of stools to reach sinks with soaps that are simple to pump and towels hanging low enough for them to dry. It was never making them eat anything they said they didn't like. Keep offering, but no manipulations or rewards for eating. It was small pitchers of water at the table so that they can pour themselves a drink, a butter knife and a banana so they can cut their own snack, handing over a towel so that they can clean up their own spill. Always asking before swooping in, can I help you with that? It became pajamas as outfits, sticks piling up in the back of the van, and pancakes for dinner. Some of the things I've listed here may remind you of a Montessori classroom, and I think Maria Montessori is a wonderful resource for parents wishing to set up the home environment in a way that naturally contributes to the child's ability to self-govern. In all these ways that give children real control of themselves, they become less likely to seek out their independence in more undesirable ways. Because there aren't always choices, are there? Choices. So what if it really isn't a choice? What if you have to be out the door in 10 minutes to make it to Big Brother's swimming lessons in time, and your little one is on the floor playing Legos with one sock on? Then, it isn't a choice. Let us just be honest with our children about that. There are small choices to make within the realm of the thing that's happening no matter what. I'm not a fan of fooling kids into thinking they control a situation when they don't. I'm more about straight talk and honesty with children of all ages. They will grow to understand that you are manipulating them and they will grow to use these manipulations on their friends and siblings. Personally, I do not think this is a desirable trait that I want to foster in my children. It is not a desirable trait in the adults that I prefer to spend my time with. While putting the other sock on, I'm going to put your other sock on and then your shoes. We have to go right now no matter what. Here's a container for your Legos so we can bring them. Yes, in these situations, I will pick up the child but all the while saying, I'm sorry to make you go when you don't want to. I know you'd rather stay home and play with your toys. What is the first thing you are going to play with when we get back home? And by this time, I am buckling him into his car seat. There is no, do you want to wear the X sock or the Y sock? Do you want me to open the door? Or do you want to open the door? That never does anything but frustrate my kids and leave them with too many choices that they don't really give a twit about. It's meant to distract and manipulate and really serves no purpose in the development of the child. They don't need to be distracted from their feelings. They need their feelings acknowledged and understood, and they need your honesty. Now, for the part that may be a tough pill to swallow, the part that goes beyond a cute stool at the bathroom sink and beyond the mismatched socks, let your children say no. To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled, Why I Encourage My Kids to Tell Me No, Raising Autonomous Children by Bridget McNamara with FamilyOptimized.com. And I'll read the rest of this article for you in tomorrow's episode. And don't forget that we'll be doing another book giveaway soon to a random person on our mailing list. To be in the raffle, you just need to be signed up for our free weekly newsletter at oldpodcast.com. That'll get you a couple of spreadsheets that we made just for you, a video tutorial, weekly tips and updates, and get you entered into frequent raffles. Again, that's at oldpodcast.com. That'll do it for today. And as promised, I'll be back tomorrow to finish this post for you. So I'll see you there, where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily.